When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast, a podcast that loves a late, late goal. I'm joined by Jack Davies. It's been a while. Jack, how are we doing, sir? Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you, mate. How are you? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Chelsea have won 1-0. So, you know, in a better position in the top four race than uh, we were midweek. And return to the podcast for the first time in a while. It's Tom Coley. Tom, how are we doing, sir? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me. Um, half, a lot happier than I was in about the 89th minute. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, pretty good, I would, I would say. Yeah, no, exactly. I think, you know, I think we went through quite a range of emotions in about that five-minute spell from about the 85th minute, 86th minute onwards. Um, but as I always do with guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. So, Tom, why don't you tell people where they can find you on Twitter and also the Chelsea Social? Yeah, so um, if you want my personal Twitter, it's at uh, TomCody49 for general cricket and sport ramblings, along with some football and some Chelsea stuff every now and then uh, as well. And then also all of the work at the Chelsea Social. And you'll have people like Jam and Rob come on here quite often. Um, my humble work colleagues. And also, if you've got any interest in the last couple of games of the season for some championship loanies from Chelsea or some ex-Chelsea players do a lot of work for Bristol City this season. I actually got to speak to Jada Silva last week, which was really nice. He's a really shy bloke, but I can't believe he's only 23 because he has been around for a long, long time and he's absolutely tiny. But a little bit on some Chelsea loanies um, that I've seen a lot of this season as well, if you're interested. Yeah, Tom's links and show social will be in the description below. Make sure you check them out. Now, before we get into talking about that ludicrous display against Arsenal midweek and then that horrendous watch against West Ham, but we eventually won, uh, obviously I've got to do some admin. So support for that Chelsea podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who have met best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men, if my math is correct, that's 8 million bulls worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer that we have for you and get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code ThatChelseaPod at Manscaped.com. Now, we were kindly sent the performance package 4.0 and like Solomon Kalor off the bench, this package is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, 
Weed Worker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Now, first off is the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and it will help clean up that mess down there better than Gus Hidden cleaned up that Chelsea mess when he took over in the 15-16 season. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400k LED spotlight should you need a more precise shave. Some might call it the Cess Fabregas of shavers. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor and everyone's a winner there. Now, like Hakim Ziyech's goal v Spurs in January, you no doubt thought that was good. But do you want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes. You'll get all up in your business like Diego Costa looking for a scrap. Next up, we have their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver t- Ball Toner, which will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts for us, their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped boxes and the Shed travel bag. I mean, the travel bag is called the Shed. You know you want this. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with code ThatChelseaPod. Yes, get 20% off and free shipping with code ThatChelseaPod at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use that and use code ThatChelseaPod. Unlike your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Right, admin out the way. Now, Jack... You decided to borrow a mate season ticket on Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Yes, it was Wednesday. And you decided to rock up to the bridge and watch Arsenal. Jack, just thoughts on that absolute ludicrous display that we saw on Wednesday night. Yeah, it was poor. It was so poor. But you get what's coming for you when you you put out a team like that, really. Um, Yeah, so... I mean, yeah, there's not much to say as there's conceding four goals at home to the Gooners at the best of times is 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 not is not good. But when we when we've uh, got all our sanctions and we've got no fans and they're louder than all the rest of us for the whole game, it, it was pretty embarrassing to be honest. But um, yeah, not much to not much to really take from that game from me to be honest. I was uh, happy to get home after it really. Yeah, it was the first time Chelsea have lost three home games in a row since 1993. They also conceded four-plus goals for two consecutive league games for the first time since 1989. It was bad. And Tom, I mean, it was just errors. I think, you know, just errors, errors and more errors. The first goal, Andreas Christensen, yeah. The second goal, yeah. The third goal, geez. The fourth goal, yeah. It was like, we don't want to spend too long on it because I genuinely just want to forget that game. And I kind of want to just forget league football in general. I just want this season, as I said, this season done. Rob, it was just kind of your quick assessment of that Arsenal horror show. And yeah, just how like pleased are you that, uh, you know, we're, we're nearly we're nearly done with it, this uh, Premier League season? Yeah, it's... Uh, you see, the game just sort of passed me by, to be honest. It was like, I couldn't quite believe what was going on because it was so comedic, the whole game. Like, how open Chelsea were... Arsenal were themselves making ridiculous mistakes, you know, like in, in their own half. 
I, I don't want to make excuses because it, it was shambolic. It really was bad. And there are a lot of things to pick out that are pretty poor. And we don't want to see again from Chelsea going forward. But I think you could tell that it had come at the end of Southampton game, the emotions of Madrid and the FA Cup semi-final. Like it, it, it's a lot for this Chelsea team to to go through in a week. And I don't think we should overestimate underestimate sorry the the impact of that that Madrid game it was emotionally absolutely draining for everyone um and again it, it, it's it's a poor it's a poor excuse to make but it is definitely a factor it is like with everything that's gone on at Chelsea and I think um Gary never said it in commentary today and I'm not quite sure how I feel about it yet but it's like with everything that's gone on at Chelsea over the last over this last couple of months and continues to go on sort of day by day with the club, the sanctions, the ownership, more injuries, contract talks, uncertainty. It's like now there is nothing really for Chelsea to focus on other than that FA Cup final. It's all just sort of, it it would be understandable that Chelsea take their eye off the ball a little bit and actually we start seeing the impact of these things on the pitch, which we haven't seen so far. and that that's where I would rather look. I'm, I wouldn't want to overanalyze too much that happened on that pitch. Like Malangsar's not good enough. We know that. No surprise. Tuchel probably was sort of pigeonholed, I think, into a few changes like Rudiger's injury, you know, having the midfield that he's got without Kovacic. We saw again today how hard that is to sort of watch. I wouldn't want to overanalyze it, but please don't happen again. Can we just beat them? Please, can we just beat them at home for once? Like, they deserve it. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's two years running. Arsenal have just rocked up to Stamford Bridge and won. And they just, you know, it, for, for that night anyway, it just made the top four race all of a sudden just feel very tense. And you kind of were just like mood ruined. You're kind of just waiting. And obviously we were the last of the of Spurs and Arsenal's play this weekend. I'm watching, you know, United, watching Bruno miss that penalty for United did not help my mood any further going into it. Spurs drawing with Brentford improved my mood a lot. And then today watching us, geez, uh, it was tough. But yeah, Arsenal won't spend too much on it. It was poor. I mean, look, Eddie and Ketty scored, you know, he'd scored once in his previous 20, 29 games or something. And then he scored two against us. I mean, it's, it's not surprising. It happens. It's a Chelsea thing. Um, yeah, it was poor defending. It was mistakes. It just looked like a night where Tuchel, you kind of just, you just got one of those moods, even watching, obviously I wasn't in the ground, but it just felt watching on TV, almost like a pre-season like or early Caravel Cup round, just the vibes just not really there. And again, watching West Ham game today, it just felt like an end of season game with nothing really riding on. I think that's just what we're gonna we're gonna see. So it wasn't good. Um so yeah, we'll leave Arsenal there. Not much to say. Arsenal won. It was annoying because we don't want Arsenal, you know, well, I don't really want Arsenal against top four, don't want Spurs against top four either. But I guess up to people to decide lesser of two evils who gets it. Um but yeah it was annoying because Arsenal had lost three in a row as well, which again was just telling. Uh, but obviously, you know, we lose to Arsenal. We've lost three in a row. Um, but it is what it is. But we move on to West Ham. And geez, that was equally dull. As I've said, I said to people, Jack, it was like watching Sari Ball, but with a manager who the fans actually like. That's what it is like. <laughs> That's what it feels like watching us in the Premier League. It always felt like watching for months. Because I genuinely can't remember, aside from Southampton, the last game in the Premier League, I actually really enjoyed watching Chelsea in. It's been, it feels like it's been forever. So just your quick thoughts on that turgid West Ham display. Yeah, boring. Boring as you like, really. Um, I think it summed it up when I saw saw this post of 
Tuchel apparently didn't get off the bench the whole first half, not even once. I think that sums it all up. He's he's had enough of it all. We're like we all just discussed. We're kind of at that point of the season where top four should really be done. I think one more win pretty much secures it. But we're we're all we're all at the beaches. We're 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 in Barbados. We want to be on holiday at the moment. Um, and to be fair, if, if if the players want to do that for a couple of weeks and then come back for the FA Cup, it's all right. But that ain't going to be good preparation at the end of the day. The boys need to pick it up and start getting a run of form together so we can go and get revenge on the Scousers. Because, yeah, that that's, that's, that's what our season's riding on at the end of the day. And I think if we can come through that, win that final... I think you'll take that top top four spot, Champions League football next season, Super Cup, Club World Cup and FA Cup. Don't think you can say that's a bad season at all. And then we just go on to arguably one of the best, uh, one of the most important summers we've had in a long time, um, where we've, I'm sure we'll speak about all these contract situations, etc. But it's going to be a time to, yeah, really re- rebuild and see what these see what these new owners are all about. Yeah, Tom. Obviously, you know. We- we will get to speak on game minute, but I don't know about you, but it feels like I'm just more excited for next season now than I am this current one. Obviously, we got the you know, the really disappointing news that Tony Rieger is off at the end of the season. I feel like a lot of us had actually started to really believe he was going to stay. I think a lot of the fans had, you know, started to believe when it comes out that he's not, he's, you know, that final offer. It's not, he's going. But it does feel in a way quite an exciting summer for Chelsea. Obviously, we have got questions about, you know, comings and goings, which we'll answer later on. But given, you know, we've got new ownership coming in, you know, hopefully that will change the way the club operates, you know, maybe be sparser with, with the money we spend, etc. Um, you know, incorporating, you know, trying to, I guess, Tom, allowing Thomas Tuchel to hopefully actually build a squad and shape a squad in his image. So despite, is it a case of you almost like just getting through these last two weeks and actually you're more looking forward to seeing, you know, what when the new ownership comes in, just what happens after that? Because I think this could actually be a really exciting period coming up. Yeah, it's like all of these things at Chelsea are so unignorable now like this last week, because if we just go back on a slight tangent to the Brentford game, um, which was the last game with where we could sell tickets properly, wasn't it? And um, all of a sudden you come back and you can sort of ignore what's going on behind the scenes for Chelsea while they're in the Bernabeu, while they're playing Champions League football. And now every time you watch Chelsea, the story is no longer the football. It's Rudiger, it's... Injuries, it's Aspilicueta, it's Tuchel, it's sanctions, it's ownership, it's tiredness, it's they're comfortably third best. Oh, are they? Maybe it's Arsenal. It's it's not been about the football on the pitch for a long time. Like you've said, Nick, it's like, when was the last time that you actually sort of got excited watching Chelsea play other than Southampton? It, it's not been about the football for far too much of this season, um, or for basically the whole of the second half of the season. It's It's been about other things on the pitch and Chelsea have just sort of continued to play. And going back to the original question, this reminds me a lot. It's given me sort of Lampard vibes in the sort of, here we go, this is exciting. There's so much unknown about what is going to happen over this summer. Who's going to come in? Who's going to do this? But... We are obviously in a better position now. We've got a better squad. We've got a better standing, a better foundation, a better manager, and the youth already incorporated. And I, you know, uh, could there be potential shades of, you know, if Gallagher and Broha come back, maybe Gilmore, maybe Colwell as well, plus potentially some others. 
are they going to be almost sort of the next round of Mount Abraham, James, Hudson Adoy to some extent under Lampard? It is exciting. It's worrying. It is worrying because there are so many unknowns. Like there is a massive, massive lack of genuine sort of foundation in, in, in the squad in terms of what might be there. But we know that at the base of it, we've got Mount, we've got Mendy, we've got Silver, we've got Chilwell, James, Kovacic. And then outside of that, you're genuinely not too sure, which is intriguing. And I am looking forward to it. And I found it really hard to sort of analyse, again, what, what Chelsea do in outside the club over the last couple of years because there have been so many sort of extra factors to, to take into account. Like, I don't know how to feel about this Rudiger situation because of how hard it's been, like the sort of change in opinions over the last year. So I don't know where Chelsea go from here. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to predict what the club will look like, who will come in, who won't be there. I've, I've, got, I've got no clue. That is that is exciting. It might not be the sort of thing that you look for for a club that are hoping to try and win the Premier League or challenge into the last couple of games of a season for a Premier League title. But it is exciting. Um, and I think Chelsea fans will appreciate that, given the sort of turgidness that has been this last sort of three or four months where it's been sort of chucked on them to sort of just deal with it and accept it. And I think having an exciting summer with an exciting manager where we find out a lot about where this club can go in the next four or five years and, and longer, I think the fans deserve that sort of excitement. Yeah, no, exactly. I think, you know, we're on the dawn or on the brink of like a new era at Chelsea and say, we don't know how it's going to go, but I think there's almost like an exciting, of you know, we're going almost, you know, unsure and assured, but also an excitement of sort of going into the unknown and the endless possibilities and capabilities of what next season could be, I think, immediately. I mean, looking at who we're losing in Christensen, Rudiger, you know, do we potentially lose one of Jorginho, Kante, etc.? There's always, there's obviously, you know, the option that, you know, maybe our expectations change for next season, which, again, I think could actually be quite nice because I feel for a lot of this season, a lot of people build this sort of season as the one where we close the gap on, on City and Liverpool, and that's not really been the case. And I think because of the way the season's gone and all the potential that there was, there had just been a malaise and a just general frustration and just fans. I think a lot of fans who I've spoken to almost have been wanting to just mentally check out of this season for a while now. But obviously, because it's Chelsea and we've not, you know, nailed top four just yet, you're still sort of, we're just still in there. But I think there's just that one and desire just to, you know, get the job done so we can sort of mentally check out because it's been draining on a lot of people and then just sort of go again next season and sort of in this new new era and I said I think I said after we beat Crystal Palace 1-0 in the Premier League I said I don't think we're going to play that pretty football in the Premier League for the rest of the season. I don't think we're going to be that amazing to watch obviously I thought we might be a bit more exciting than we have been in a lot of games since but in general I didn't think the fit footy was going to be amazing because of the time we had the FA Cup to focus on we had the League Cup final coming ahead of us we had Champions League which we were in and I think you know those the focus went to there and to be fair look the focus has been good because you know we did our damnest to, to win a Carabao Cup you know incredibly unlucky we're in an FA Cup final and we you know nearly pulled off one of the great comebacks in our history against Real Madrid in the quarterfinals and I think just ultimately in the space about yeah the season just all of a sudden just felt felt a bit flat after after Madrid and, and Palace was kind of just business as usual like Chelsea will turn up they'll do the business they'll go to another final etc 
and then there's sort of just been a long sort of just waiting, just kind of waiting to try and get revenge on Liverpool. And and yeah, the Premier League, it's not been pretty. It's not probably going to be pretty to watch in these remaining few weeks, but as long as Chelsea get the job done, that's all that matters. Uh, I guess we should talk about the football today. It was dull. Um, some talk, but I, I kind of want to talk about this because this was a positive. I don't think we've got a question on this. I actually want to talk about Lukaku's impact off the bench because I thought that was actually quite encouraging to see, Jack. Six touches, one chance created, one penalty one, two out, two duels one, two ball recoveries, one tackle. I mean, Rom was pretty anonymous against Arsenal, didn't do much, but fair play to him against West Ham. He actually did make a difference. He obviously, Craig Dawson, who I thought was exceptional for West Ham today before, you know, Rom managed to help, you know, get wrong side of him and get him, get him sent off. But just quick thoughts on, on that Rom cameo. Uh, I thought it was all right. I didn't really, I guess maybe watching it in the pub and stuff, you maybe get a bit of a different aspect than when you're watching at home and watching it a bit more fine-tuned I didn't I didn't really think he was that great but I guess that's that's what what I think when you've spent all that money on him your expectations are uh, so high but just over the season it's just gone lower and lower and lower that uh, yeah I don't know I think a lot of a lot of fans um have lost their patience patience with Lukaku and um that will well we'll have to see, but potentially be the end of him at, at the end of the season. But yeah, great, great, great um, win for the penalty though. And um, but yeah, for for me, I, yeah, I don't think that great to be honest. But. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Tom, when got to about Jorginho. Ugh. I think if that, I feel like it's weird. I feel that penalty and just the tameness of that penalty. And just, you know, the whole lethargy. I feel that kind of is just a perfect sort of image moment to kind of just sum up the current state of Chelsea just playing football in general right now. Just like, oh, it was almost like I wasn't even that surprised when he missed it. I was relieved at the time thinking, oh, yes, we're going to we're going to win this game. Uh, and then he misses it. And then, and then my biggest shock is we actually went on and won that game. I was convinced that point on was ending nil-nil. But just your kind of thoughts about Jorginho Penalty, like your kind of mood in the space of those five minutes from Jorginho Missing the pen to to Van Pulisic getting the winner. Can I actually just say as well, Jack? I completely agree on Lukaku. I was really, really frustrated with him until because he hadn't touched the ball. It might even have been like one of his first touches. He had that header, didn't he? Um, yeah. And actually, the only thing about Lukaku um, was that when he came on, you could see Chelsea had an actual game plan because they were like, "Ah, oh, here we go. Here's Lukaku. We know what to do to him. We know what we do." Whereas the rest of the game was sort of getting around the box and being like, uh, "What do we do now?" Uh, Oh, we'll go back. Yeah, okay, we'll go back. Give the ball to Thiago Silva. Let let him do something. He does. He does stuff. So actually, the, the only positive of Lukaku was maybe not Lukaku himself. You know, fair play wins the penalty, um, but was that Chelsea actually sort of at least had a game plan when when he was on the pitch? Um, whether you like that game plan or not, Jorginho. Oh God, I, I, I'm I'm done with him now. Um, oh, I don't know what to say. Like he does his job. You know, if you look at his numbers, he probably didn't give the ball away that that many times. His passing was even less adventurous than than it usually is. Um, I think before I interrupt, there's one moment I think it's about the 70th minute. Like this guy's this subs just like shown on the screen, and he does a pass, and it's meant to go back to Thiago Silva, I think, but it's just overhit, so it just goes back to Mendy or something like that, and you're just thinking, <laughs> or it just goes back a little bit too far, Silva, and you're just thinking, oh, there's an attack killed. But I will say in general, I thought he was solid, but unspectacular, and then unfortunately, I feel that penalty yeah. just kind of defines his game. 
like he didn't he didn't really do anything wrong. It was very Jorginho like, and he can slow down rapid games. That that's the sort of player he is. And today, and I don't know if it's because we're looking at it because we know what Jorginho is like, but it felt like he made the game go even slower <laughs> than, than usual. <laughs> he slowed down an already astronomically boring game. The penalties are such a hard one. Fabianski dives the other way, like, oh, yeah. wow, it's amazing, this, this technique. It was a poorly hit penalty, even his standards. And I just found it funny. And I've all, I, you know, like, he was on the pitch. Havertz, no, I wasn't on the pitch at that point. Uh, Mount was on the pitch. Pulisic was on the pitch. And I know Jorginho is our penalty taker. And we had this debate. And I've been, the whole season, I've been, Jorginho should be our penalty taker. He should be our penalty taker. But it just made me laugh that, who was right there had just won the penalty and in my head I'm thinking I'm so much more confident if we've got this massive bully up front that is just going to absolutely smash this but it was Jorginho and I, I, I tell you what I didn't feel confident with it at all I think it's hard to feel confident when Jorginho go, goes for the penalty um, I don't think Chelsea fans are done with him there's no reason I think to be angry at him because you know what you're going to get. It's not like with Lukaku, where where you go, ah, we expected so much more from him. What did we expect from Jorginho that we haven't got? You know, you get what you get. And whether you like that or not is is a completely different point. I don't want this penalty to define him or his season or be the beginning of the end or something like that. But because that's not fair. It's yeah. a missed penalty. You know, it, it, it could happen yeah. to anyone. It's like, it's like the Kepa cut final shootout you know that doesn't mean anything if you want to say that it is more than it is sure but it's not you know it's just with Jorginho it it just it shows you how much we miss Kovacic and I've been a massive massive Kovacic fan for a long time and every game now that I don't see Kovacic playing obviously because he's injured I just think this could be a bit of a slog and it has been a bit of a slog but it's not all. It's not all Jorginho's fault. Other players have, have yeah. got to take it. Got yeah. to take some. And we saw Mount do it in the second half. I think started picking up the ball, being a little bit quicker with his passes. Obviously, Silver does it. But it's just what part of a sort of wider sluggishness towards the end of the season. And Jorginho doesn't help that notion because that's how he looks on a good day. Let alone when the game's boring, he doesn't often light up games, does he? Yeah. No, I think that to be fair to the boys, that second half was a lot better. They did. Attack with a bit more, a bit more intent and purpose. Uh, but yeah, I think that Jorginho, man, it's almost like Chelsea getting gifted a chance for top four, and Chelsea, you know, just like, yeah, no. <laughs> and then Pulisic obviously hadn't read the script late on and gets on the end of a Marcus Alonso cross to win the game. And look, fair play, two cool subs worked, and he got the job done. Pulisic, yeah. I mean, there's really not much to say because in these last games, I can't really analyze individual performances. I can just go, Saar was bad against Arsenal. Christensen was bad against Arsenal. Aspilicueta was bad against Arsenal. Pretty much the whole team was bad against Arsenal, apart from Timo Werner. Today, I can go, the only good ones, really, Thiago Silva was good. Jorginho was fine, apart from that penalty miss. Kante, I thought, sloppies, giving the ball away, but actually was looked a bit more lively. High, got up a pitch quite high, enabled us to win the ball back quite quickly at points. Ruben, yeah, he was a wing back, was fine. Didn't really notice him a huge amount. Alonso was solid. Didn't really notice him a huge amount. Mount, second half, stepped it up. Havertz didn't really notice today. Timo didn't really notice today. It was just, feels like I'm just describing like a load of six, six out of 10 performances for the last two weeks, which I probably could describe for the, however many previous league games, really. It was just, just dull, but we, we got the job done. The service stage of season, don't really care how it gets done. Just, just get the job done. Get top four done so I can mentally check out, please. Um, 
but yeah. Like, I know we talk a lot about like sort of squad composition and how it works, and it's not necessarily a massive thing from today, but it tells you how poorly Chelsea have been put together over the last five years that Kovacic doesn't play a midfielder that doesn't really offer too much going forward, like in terms of goals and assists and actual output. Um, and all of a sudden, Kante has to be the most attacking player that Chelsea have got in midfield. It, it tells you sort of how sort of it is still threadbare. It is still really patchwork and really put together and sort of mm, this will have to do. And there is yeah. still a lot of that in Chelsea squad. So that credit to Tuchel for, for getting through that because, you know, w- without Loftus-Cheek playing at wing back, which I think he's done okay in, you know, like decent. He's no, he's no Reese James. Um, it just shows you that there's still quite a way to go because yeah. we were asking Kante to basically try and unlock a defence, which is just against everything <laughs> that you think it should be, isn't it? Like, yeah. it was like, no one else is going to do it. You're like our most progressive midfielder. Great. What sort of position does that does that show that you're in? Yeah, no, no, exactly. I think the credit to Trevi came in, obviously late because Christensen missed out. Um Trev came in, he didn't really put a foot wrong. I was nice to see Trev put in a in a pretty strong showing. He was he was good. And I say, you know, there's still moments, there's still a couple of moments with Chelsea, like defensively, where just a couple of, of risky balls. And I think literally you just what it's amazing how one game and all of a sudden like the PTSD just comes up flooding and you're just like, oh no, oh no. Um but the credit it was a clean sheet, it was a much needed clean sheet. Um and it was just it was a big win. I mean, it was against the West Ham side that rested Declan Rice, Jared Bowen, Mikel Antonio. Manuel, Lanzini, etc. Because they've got bigger fish to fry. They, they're in Europe longer than Chelsea this season. So, yeah, who, who'd have thought that at the, the start of the year? But no, look, we got a job done against a difficult team, a team that, you know, narrowly beat us in December. So it was nice to get some revenge. And, and you know, moved. And it was a big win because obviously with Spurs drawing yesterday, that kind of meant that, you know, despite losing to us this week, our top four position actually kind of did, did strengthen. As I say, now we've got a, a seven-point lead over Spurs. And we have a game in hand on them. We've got a five-point lead over Arsenal and we have a game in hand on them. And obviously, we know Spurs have still got to play, go to Anfield and Spurs still have to play Arsenal in an North London derby as well. So, you know, Chelsea are very nearly there. Today Today was big because it just eased a bit of pressure and just was, it was one of those, there's one of our wins that we need out of the way, you know, and given that we have a Man United up next who we haven't won at since 2013 and who have lost three in a row, you know, I'm not going to say we'll lose, but I think... Uh, you know, a draw. If you're a betting man, I reckon a draw is quite a good, a good shout there. Uh, and then it's Everton, who you know probably are going down. Um, but again, it's Everton, so we have a terrible record there. So today was was big uh, to win. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Going to move on 
to listener questions. First question comes in from RJ. Given the contract situation of several of our stars over the next season or two, who are the three players Chelsea should immediately focus on re-signing and selling? So, Jack, three players who Chelsea should re-sign. So I think you've obviously got Kante and Jorginho coming out of contract next year, 2024. Is Kovacic maybe a year after? Alonso's 2024? Or is it Alonso next year, maybe? Um, who are kind of Chelsea players who you Chelsea should be looking to, to re-sign? Um, I'd probably say Cover. I'd say I know Mount's got a longer deal, but he's on a deal that at the end of the day he signed in 2019 that's whatever it is, 70, 80 grand a week. And based on his performances over the last two years, he deserves to be on more money than that and, yeah, be given a more lucrative deal. So I think we've got to tie him down. Otherwise, he's like a lot of the young youngster, youngsters down at Chelsea where they're in the perfect position where they can go to these other clubs and go, right, what are you offering me? And they can get all these offers on the table. So tie him down. And then... Who else? Um, I think, to be honest with you, Jorginho and Kante, I think it's, I think it could be time to see both. Well, I think either of them, one of them will go over the summer at least. And then depending on who we bring in, potentially both of them could go. Um, based, based on the one-year deals, I think you've, you've got to take the opportunity to, to cash out and look at it from a, from a business perspective where, we could get 50 million for Kante or 60 if PSG are bidding or someone like that and put that towards a Declan Rice, etc. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd, yeah, so I'd say get, yeah, look to get rid of those two. And then uh, who, who, else, who else are we saying is running out soon? I'm just trying to think who else. I mean, this is an interesting one. We're really good going with you. I mean, Asby's got triggered, but would you look to be keeping Aspi around now, given that we're losing Rudiger, we're losing Christensen, Thiago I mean, Silva's got, you know, in his last year, next year, we're looking a bit threadbare, and look, Rudiger is a leader, so maybe keep Aspi, just trying for one more year, even if it's in the yeah, role. I think that's a good idea, yeah, given the, the extra year on top of the year that's just been triggered, I think, so you look at the, look at our depth there, at the end of this season, we're in big trouble, um, based on our long-term planning over the last two seasons that is now looking like it's gone right up the shitter, basically, <laughs> with Christensen and, and Rudiger going. And then you've got Silva, who, as good as he is, he's he's coming to the end of his career, so is Aspi. And then who have we got? Trevor. And that's that's it. Uh, like As promising as Trevor has been in his debut season, we can't be going into next season with with those as our main, main centre-backs at the end of the day. Fair enough, Tom. Three players to to re-sign and, and three players to your gang. Goodbye. Oh, I just I think Jack's reaction sums it up. It's like mm, I genuinely don't know. I completely agree on the <laughs> midfielders. I completely agree on that. And I've 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 had a bit of a stick from from my mates after I've probably said some controversial Kante takes, but I'm in exactly the same thing. I think if Chelsea get it right, Kante and Jorginho could potentially both go this summer. Um the only thing is you, you, you don't want to lose them both for no money. That, that, that's huge. You can't lose both of them for no money. Um, and 
God, it's Mount. I agree with that. I, I just say like like the easy thing would be to say like Mount Kovacic and then like one of James or Havertz, but you know like that they're both like not got. There's not too much to worry about with with, with their contracts. I'm a, I'm a bit split on Aspilicueta because it feels like his playing time at Chelsea needs to be up or seriously seriously cut because. He is he's he's a hindrance on on this team right now. It, it it's not nice to watch, but that back pass in the first half, um, I think it was it, it just massively under here. He's just not he, he's not that useful other than the fact that he plays and somebody else doesn't have to play. Uh, but you, you can't just it's such a hard thing. This is this is the whole thing about this summer and how crazy it's gonna be. Because I don't like the idea of just keeping players because there's no other players because I don't think that sets a very good precedent because it's like, we'll keep Aspilicueta because we've got nobody else. doesn't fill you with confidence. But then you also can't just get rid of the experience of Kante, Jorginho, Rudiger and Aspilicueta. Like, you can't replace that no matter who you buy or what you buy. You can't, like the intangible, the, the leadership, the the experience, the... The, the knowledge of Tuchel, the knowledge of Chelsea, you can't just bring that in. Um, even if you brought in bodies like like Gallagher or whoever, you can't bring in the sort of know-how and that experience, which would make transitioning into next season quite quite complex. Um, I'm not at all answering the question here. <laughs> Mount, yeah, I think he deserves it, definitely. I cover Chich as well. I think I agree on that one. And then the last one could genuinely be anybody just like I don't know just be careful and Greece another another big boost on his contract whack it down say you're the new Chelsea captain take it take, take a wage boost there you go yeah, something exactly. like that scare Madrid off you know Madrid he's our star boy back off um, yeah, yeah. re-signing is a tough one because I haven't actually looked at whose contracts are nearly up obviously I know Kante and Georgia are main ones I'd say yeah Cover I think is not up in maybe a year or two so keep him um extend him because he's, you know, a key part of a way too good once. Um yeah, and then Reese Harbors is tough. I'd say you've Yeah, I can't I I'm trying to think of who to reason. I'm literally saying Asby for experience and then I'm struggling. I'm thinking honestly, I'm the selling is easier for me. The selling is easier because I could go they I'd sell two of our attackers or sell slash loan two of our attackers. I mean let's be real, Rom doesn't have a, I don't think Rom has a future here. So we'll go sell Rom. We'll sell 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 one of Jorginho and Kante, and then we'll say Ziyech or Pulisic or Werner. Werner, one yeah. of them three as well. Yeah. One of them three, and then or... loan Callum Hudson Odoi, Mark Alonso. Okay, loan him. Okay, Mark Alonso. <laughs> Go sell. If... Get me started on Mark Alonso. <laughs> Mark Alonso <laughs> sell if we can get someone else like Goodin. Because I say we need win bats because like we're not talking about it. Reese James missed a game today with injury. Like he whisper it quietly. I know he's come back. We might have rushed him back a bit soon, but he is missing games with injuries. And that's Chile out for a bit. Chile still out. I'll take him time coming up. And Reese injury prone. We need like wing backs. And as I said, I don't want to watch Aspi or Ruben really as a wing bright wing back. And Alonso <laughs> does a job as a wing back. Look, fair play to him. He's putting some phenomenal performances. Just look at that game against Real Madrid of the Bernabeu, etc. But I'm not sure, like, it's one of those things, Marcus Alonso, I don't know how he survived at Chelsea this long. It's almost admirable 
how he is still a Chelsea player in, in 2022. I love the bones of him, despite how much he frustrates me at points. But I think it's one of those, yeah, yeah, probably one of them as well. And obviously, I think Kepp will be off in the summer. Barkley, for the love of God, be off, please. <laughs> um, just give him away for free, honestly. There's, there's quite a few decisions. Sal will be off. He'll be back to Madrid. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough one. Next question, I guess, maybe allow, allows us to potentially elaborate on, or maybe what I'm selling, comes in from Dan Hill. Focusing on Christian Pulisic, who we thank for that welcome winner. This is a player who has had several clutch moments like this, and yet he seems never to, to develop consistent form and fitness. What do you think he needs to do differently? Does he have a future at Chelsea? Jack? It's such a hard one with him because he, honestly, he, we say it so many times, but there is a really good player in that, in that boy, but it's just the consistency. Like, remember he came back a month or so ago, scored that goal at, in Lille, away at Lille. And he scored against Burnley. And you think, go on, son. Like, this is your chance. Take your chance in that front three. Go on a bit of a run. And then he's all of a sudden straight back out of the team again. Yeah, I think, interesting about it, I think that's, like, again, it's interesting because he went away for US Men's National Team. I think Tuchel kind of alluded to earlier. He's been playing US Men's National Team because the way he's been handled. And because US Men's National Team, like, made qualifying quite hard. They basically had to over-rely and overplay Pulisic. And with all the time zone differences and all that Mm. lot, playing in different conditions, continents, et cetera, has kind of made it hard. And Tuchel's had to kind of ease him back in a bit, which is unfortunate because it's kind of provided him a deal. I think, as I said, Jack, honestly, I can't be only, I say this, the best manager, the best performances we've seen under him is under Frank Lampard, who gave him a consistent run in the team, who made him the main man. But under Tuchel and ever since, he's just been like a squad player, almost like a bit part player. And I think, I guess, would you say just almost needs a run in the team, like a consistent run in the team, like we've kind of seen with Havertz, just get him a consistent run in yeah. the team and just see what happens. Yeah, I completely agree, to be fair. But then I guess, again, I guess it goes back to how many attacking players we've got in those areas and he's got to try and give chances to Werner, Ziyech, etc. And it's, it's a really difficult one to manage. So I guess with what we said a few minutes ago, if one of them's off, then it's a lot easier next season. But yeah, he's just got to get those games under his belt and start start bagging goals. Um, really important three points today, so that should give him a real, real confidence booster going into the rest of the season. And that's all we can really say. Just keep keep doing that. Ralph, Tom, what do you on Christian Pulisic? Does he have a future Chelsea? And what does he kind of need to do differently to what we've kind of seen so far in his Chelsea career? I think the general point with with the attackers in a slightly wider view is that it's not going to be which ones to Chelsea keep over the summer. It's going to be which ones to Chelsea not sell. Like, I I don't think there's much else to it. Any of them we've just said could realistically go. Timo Werner's probably in his best Chelsea form, but we're still sat here like, if he went, would we really be that disappointed? No. Um, Pulisic has been quietly quite useful as a sub for a little while. He's got that sort of pace, that burst. I thought before the goal... It was only one little dribble, but he got the ball and actually tried to take on a few players and ran into the middle of the pitch. And it was quite sharp. And I thought, that's the sort of intensity that we, we've lacked. And sometimes with Pulisic, it's always been the sort of, you're, you, you just want him to seize a game like he was doing during that lockdown period. You want him to go and take control of it. And I feel like today he, he, he did actually do that. He, did, he took his chance. He was like, this, this is my chance. And you can see when he scores goals... He he really 
loves it. You know, like you, he wants to play for Chelsea. He really valued that goal. It wasn't like a, you know, when ZX scored against Brighton and he basically put his middle finger up to everyone else <laughs> with his celebration. When Pulisic scores, you're like, you can see how relieved he is. Like, and he's just happy to sort of repay the people that that still have faith in him because like Jack said, he, he's clearly a good player. What Pulisic has to do is is probably get a little bit lucky over the summer because if an offer comes in, I don't think Chelsea would turn it down. Um, he might have a future at Chelsea and I think that's about as, as good as we can get. I, if he was to go, I'm sure he would do well elsewhere, but I don't think it would necessarily be that Chelsea haven't tried their best to get it out of him. Um, he does need games, but also, as, as Jack says, when, when you've got a front line, you know, if, you're, if we're now having to genuinely sort of put Lukaku on the market, we have to, surely we have to sort of go, actually, he, he is still usable. You know, we've not absolutely broken him. He's still a decent striker. You know, if Lukaku wanted to bang in a few goals before the end of the season and raise his price tag or whatever a little bit, that'd be quite useful. And it's the same with probably all of the strikers. Maybe Timo Werner's little period here is sort of making people go, oh, actually, if Werner is up for sale, he might be a bit more attractive to us. And I guess Pulisic is in exactly the same category. He needs to play some football. And I guess the question I'll ask you guys, I don't know how I feel. Does that mean that Pulisic starts against Man United? Because he's such a good sub and he's come off the bench and scored the winner. But Werner's having his best form. It's, 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 it's such a hard one with, with the amount of sort of attacking players we've got that are also in and out of form. Like Ziyech over that, you know, that period where he was scoring all his goals and you're like, yeah, right, okay. Maybe we're seeing the best of Ziyech. He's now at the top of the don't sell list. And it, 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 it seems to change every week. Yeah, no, no, exactly. It's it's one of those, I think he probably needs a bit of luck. Like Pius who said, I feel the attacking situation, I do think we're probably carrying an attack, one or two attackers too many. Uh, I think that's kind of just, you know, we don't need the amount of attackers we do. Obviously, what we're by not remembering is Kamas and Adoy hasn't kicked a ball for Chelsea in month four feels forever as well. He's just been out injured and he's like another one who, you know, <laughs> what do we do with him type thing? So I think Pulisic, we kind of probably need to cull the attackers a bit. And he just, I don't know, it kind of feels like we do need a bit of luck with him. But there's a player there. There is a player there, which is why, like, you know, I kind of believe in him because I actually seen more than, so I've seen probably as more from him than a lot of our other attackers, which is kind of why you kind of want to keep him. But it's a tough one. He's, I don't it's, I don't even know if we need to do a lot differently, to be fair. He just kind of needs to be given the games. And it's also, again, I'm also kind of wary of judging performances at this stage of the season because, in general, as a team, we are horrendous to watch and have been for months in the Premier League. Uh, we are, I generally, I said it earlier, it's honestly, it's like watching Sari Bubble, the manager the fans like, and it is because it's slow, it's boring, it's, you're, it's lethargic. You're genuinely left bored watching us at points this season. I don't think it was the first shot on Tiger was the 60th minute today or something like that. Like, it's, it's genuinely like, it's been dull. It is. But, you know, I'm not complaining because it's bought success and we're in a good position as a club. But it's one of those, I'm kind of just wary of being like too critical on all our players right now because in general, like, there's just a lot of stuff going on. A lot of external factors. And I've said to mates, look, if I as a fan am tired of this season, mentally drained from this season, those players who are actually playing and running around about pitch are going to be too. 
and that manager is going to be too because they're the ones actually putting in the effort I'm just rocking up and showing up to a game to for 90 <laughs> minutes whoever to support them and I'm tired and I'm fed up of it so yeah, and like how many how many the... games have we played this season we've played yeah, so the, many as I said it's I been such such a long season after this, the Euros yeah. it's no. been non-stop and with everything else added on top of it, I think I think we're just we're seeing it in the performance now. I think that that's that's what we're seeing, and that is understandable. I can I don't yeah. I can't I can't yeah. fault it. I, I don't feel like these players aren't putting in effort. You know, Milan yeah. Sar is just not good enough. Aspilicueta has shattered and has played every minute for the last thirty five years. It seems you know he's just around all the time. Players are tired, and I can accept that. Yeah, no, exactly. So I think Chelsea, by the end of the season, will play 63 Premier League games. In the start of the season, the max they could have played is 66. So throwing the fact that Ben Chilwell played maybe about 10% of those games, <laughs> maybe a bit more, but like honestly, it feels like maybe, maybe 20%, but it just feels like how no, little I he's think, played. Like, honestly, I think he probably started about 10% of seven, those games. Exactly. Yeah. I think him and Reese together only, only played about five or six games together or something in the league. And apparently, or yeah. And my friend Matt told me today at the pub of the games that Reese and Ben Chilwell played together, the aggregate score is 18 1 to us, yeah. where they played together. I think that sums it all up. Just get those two boys fit and build the team around them, and, and we'll be all right. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, no, exactly. Next question comes in from Harry. To what extent do you guys think our performances for the rest of the season will change after this win? Harry, they're not going to change at all, my man, I don't think. <laughs> like, there might be a bit less pressure on the pressure on us. So maybe, you know, I mean, look, look who we've got to play. We've got to play Watford last the game of the season. Like, they're that going down. Who knows? That could be quite fun to watch because they're leaking goals. But again, we made really hard work of beating them in December. So who, who honestly knows? I just said this, and again, I'd refer back to, I think I said to it on the pod with Rob Pratt, they asked, we beat Crystal Palace. I said, we're not going to be fun to watch because we've, we had other priorities and obviously those priorities are gone now, but the players are cooked. They are, they're knackered. Like they are literally getting by and it's fine. You know, they can't be on it hundred percent of the time. They'll probably also be saving this. They'll probably in the week or so leading up to the FA Cup final, they probably will save themselves a bit because these players will want to want to play in that game. They also, it's clear, this Chelsea side gets up for certain games. Like, that's clear. It's been watching us. You can just look at our performances in cup competitions compared to, to league performances. So I don't think our performances the rest of the season will change after soon. But I think just in general for fans, it might be just a bit easier. But Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't see it getting much better. You know, I, I fully expect us to go to United and win. I, we really, really should, because they are woeful. Um 
and then if the season wasn't basically already done, it, it will be then, you know. Um, it's... I, I want to see us play free-flowing attacking football. Of course I do. Um, but as I say, this time of year, when you're near the top of the league or the bottom of the league, is all about results. So when you're sort of in the middle with nothing to play for, it's sort of like, why would it be any different, you know? Um, it just makes it, I guess it makes it harder when Chelsea don't win to accept it because you're watching pretty much a load of shit and they're not winning, which doesn't yeah. help the situation at all. Um, whereas, obviously, if you if you play badly and then win, it's like, oh, you know what? It was worth it in the end because three points, yay. You know, we, we, we take it and we move on sort of thing. Yeah, no, fair enough. I don't it's, think it was, yeah. I think, like, you, you said about the Tuchel thing, about, like, not not standing up in that first half. We know he would have been so angry, but, like, I think he recognises it as well. He's probably just sat there like, I can't ask these players to do much more because it will just burn them out even more. Like, of course, in his head, the idea isn't to look really, really sloppy and slow and sluggish and give up loads and loads and loads of individual errors. You know, it's obviously not the game plan. So it's not like we're, you know, we're trying to do things wrong. I just think it's this time of the season and it's strange because even when Chelsea haven't been going for the title and haven't been in the Champions League or cup finals or whatever, Chelsea have always been perilously close to dropping out of the top four or dragging themselves back into that battle, which is why I think we got a little bit nervous in this last week. Some people saying, oh, oh we better not lose this because then we will be right back in the battle. And it's sort of like, no, we're just used to it. I think Chelsea fans don't really know what, what to think of things at the moment because it's like, when was the last time for us that the season was over this, this early? Yeah. Like last year, we were still battling to get in the top four. We're not really in that battle now. Since winning the league, we've been trying to win the league or have won the league by this point, or we've been trying to get in the top four. And this year, it's sort of like really in the middle where we're not really doing anything. And it, yeah. it's a really hard one to digest. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, we had a run, I think, either side of the club or a couple. We won five low, what we won five league games in our own. That basically, that run basically got us top four or pretty much secured top four because in that time, there were teams who dropped points, et cetera. And that kind of secured it. And then, ever, yeah, it just feels like it's, it's a really weird one because the way Chelsea have done it is we're, we're, we're far off the leaders. So we're not in a title race. We're not quite out the woods, though, for top four. But we've kind of just always been comfortable and we've been in this comfortable situation for what seems like a while. And occasionally it's got a bit tense and occasionally we've dropped points and other teams have won and then the gap is closed. But then those teams then go and drop points and we win and the gap increases again. And it's kind of one of those just endless things. And they say, it's just, I say, it's just got boring. It has just got boring now because they say the season's, there's so much other stuff and non-football stuff has taken over. And as we said, you're watching Chelsea, but you're kind of just waiting for news updates and seeing what else is going on for bigger picture. So it's tough. So look, Harry, long-winded answer. I don't think performances are going to change that much. I genuinely don't think performances are going to be brilliant from now to the end of the season. I just don't think it is. Maybe there'll be the odd game where we just click like Southampton, maybe if a team also, you know, plays into our hands a bit. But I don't think it's going to be great to watch because it's not been great to watch 
for the last few months. As I said, I can't, I struggle to name, aside from Southampton, a league game, but I've enjoyed watching in 2022 this year. I'd probably go Spurs at home when we beat them 2-0 and then I'd be inclined to go the Liverpool to all because that was just a brilliant game of football. But aside from that, I can't think of any other really enjoyable league games. Burnley 4-0, the second half was fun. But that first half was awful. Like it's, it's genuinely like one of those. I'm trying to, I struggle to think of many games that have been fun, enjoyable to watch in the league, you know. Norwich for the first 10-15 minutes, I thought we were going to win 7-0 and then we stopped playing and then made it hard for ourselves and then eventually, you know, killed it off late on. But it's just one of those, like, I just think, yeah, we're we're not playing at 100%. I say today did feel like an end-of-season game. I mean, the summer's out, you know, it was a lovely day and it just felt like, you know, there wasn't much pace in the game. West Ham weren't really asked about the game either. They've got bigger priorities. It just felt we're just slowly drawing to the end of what feels like the longest Chelsea season ever. And yeah, I think it's just a case of just getting through. So I don't think the games will be too much, you know, different to today. Final question comes in from Sham. Do you think this game would psychologically give us a boost for the upcoming games, given how we didn't get ourselves in uh, for a major portion yet, show the character to push to the end? Jack, do you think this game will give us a psychological boost for the upcoming games? Because I mean, it is a big win. It's a last minute win. And I guess if there were any potential nerves, that's probably sell quite a few of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if we'd lost lost today, I think we we would have all been worrying a little bit. Uh, I know Tom said earlier he fully expects us to go to United and win. I fully expect us to not go there and win. I just, I, it's just so obvious. It's like the Arsenal one day on a losing streak, and then oh, of course they're playing us next, and somehow they'll pull something out of the bag, even though they are genuinely awful, like so so bad. Um. But yeah, I think today, I think that was the the real big step. We've we're pretty much done it. Um, and yeah, I think <laughs> we keep going on. Yeah, the season's been so long and we've had enough of it. But we're almost there, boys. We're almost through it. Let's get to the summer and yeah, then we'll go again next season. It's like this is this is this is more of a counselling session for Chelsea fans <laughs> that are just bored of this season than anything else. It's okay. It's okay. We're all going through it. <laughs> Mate, no, exactly, exactly. You know, I said, thankfully, I have a, thankfully cricket season started, so I can actually, you know, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly in the space where I could go, right, I could invest in other areas. I could get disappointed elsewhere and frustrated elsewhere. That's what I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to. But no, look, it will give us a, a boost psychologically, I think. United, I'm going to say, as I said earlier, if you're a betting man, that United game, put it down as a draw. Put it down as a draw because I don't think, I'm going to say this, I don't think United will have the quality to beat us, even if we're not great. I mean, Ronaldo, I mean if Ronaldo turns up, who knows, maybe. But I think, you know, we've, we've got quite a nice little break now because obviously we played Sunday. That's on a Thursday. So we've got a nice little, you know, turnaround till then. Um, Tuchel said Rudiger's hopefully back in training Tuesday. Rudiger comes into that defence. You feel a lot more confident with him in the side, you know, him being a big miss and actually fair play we beat West Ham without him today now with that felt quite quite big so no I think it's kind of a case of like it feels like we're just counting down the points you know it's almost like counting down the days whatever when you're a little kid on your advent calendar to Christmas we're like counting down the points until we've mathematically got top four secured I said I think you know with with Arsenal and Spurs I think you know playing each other I think we need a maximum of I think eight more points uh, but realistically it's going to be less than that or probably realistically about six more points uh, and that could even be less than that as well because I think that's you know so we will see so I think we're nearly there and I think look it will give the players a psychological boost um, you know and look credit to them because as I think I put, say earlier that's three games in the Premier League Chelsea have won this year this calendar year that is late on obviously Crystal Palace Akim Ziyech scored in the 89th minute 
Kai Havertz scored against Newcastle in the 89th minute. And Christian Pulisic today scored against West Ham in the 90th minute. So that's three games this calendar year. And that's three games, I guess, from February onwards, where we've not been great in any of them. They've been pretty dull affairs to watch. And we've just managed to find a way to win. And it feels like this season, I mean, feels like we've probably won games more late than, you know, we've tended to in previous seasons. So I guess that's kind of an encouraging sign. And no matter how bad Chelsea are to watch your points and how dull the games are, you do feel at points Chelsea can get a goal. I think we, you know, in general, I think we probably, in terms of scoring late goals in the league this year, we are probably, and from 75th months, I reckon we are probably quite high up on that list as well. So I think, you know, there's always a confidence this team can get goals in them. And look, our fixtures, you know, we still got, you know, are relatively decent. I said, you know, Everton, who knows what will happen there. That, that fixture just feels so hard to predict, just given everything that's going on there. But again, Everton in a relegation zone and they'll be in the relegation zone when we kick off against them. So that one will be really interesting to see to see how that goes. That we go to Leeds, we've got Leeds midweek and Leeds on our relegation picture. Burnley picking up four means they're all of a sudden dragged into it. Leicester at home, you know, if Leicester depends how I think Leicester, if they're in the conference league, if they get, you know, they might have bigger fish to fry when that game's going on, if they or if they've got a final to potentially look forward to. And then said Watford on the final day of the season. If we don't beat Watford, then geez, I mean that's just poor. And then and then Wolves, Wolves just Wolves, I'm gonna call it now. Wolves at home, I think, is a 3 p.m. kickoff in two weekends time and I'm that feels like that's got a dull nil-nil written all over it that would just be an incredibly dull game to watch Bruno Large I mean Wolves lost to Burnley 1-0 today I feel like Wolves are probably on the beach as well and it'll probably just be one of those games that's one of the most uneventful nil-nil end of season type draws that you can expect but yeah look today's just big for for going forward just in general for securing top four because I said I think just we just yeah we but said for that Arsenal game for a, for a matter of days we did all of a sudden feel almost in jeopardy a little bit just a little bit and now that kind of jeopardy feels like it's gone so now nah, I'll give them a big boost but yeah I think that's all we've got to to say and that's all the questions uh, that got sent in this week thank our guest Tom for coming on Tom it's been a pleasure as always before you go why don't you give yourself one last plug where people can find you and where they can find the Chelsea social yeah um, so again on on Twitter at Tom Cody 49 and uh, at the Chelsea social um, where we will probably turn our attentions to the FA Cup final as soon as possible because if you haven't already um, figured out from the rest of this podcast we're, we're just as bored of this season as uh, as everyone else which actually you mentioned the cricket season that's probably the thing I tweet about more than anything else at the moment because football is just so dull so uh if you happen to like your cricket as well, definitely, definitely come along and join me because I'm always looking for some uh, England hopefuls. Yes, no, exactly. Tom and I have got a, a campaign for James Vince going in the cricket. We wanted his return to the test side. So yeah, he could come back. And as I said, uh, just quick, quick shout, unlucky JR. Uh, sorry, beat your boy Somerset today in the cricket. So unlucky boss. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's good. As for us, we're on Twitter at that Chelsea pod, on Insta at that Chelsea pod, we're on all your usual podcast platform, Friday's Apple, Spotify, etc. Give us a rating and review. It goes a long way. Share the pod whenever, when I tweet it, like, retweet, etc. And as always, remember, you know, that you can get 20% off Manscaped and free shipping with our promo code that Chelsea pod at manscaped.com. And that will be in the description below. So go on, look after your grooming. You know, it's good. It's, it'll be helpful for you. So uh, go down below, check that out. And I say all those links will be in the description below. But yeah, as I think you can tell, we're kind of all fed up, but we're relieved as well. But uh, until the next episode, everybody, keep the blue flag, fly an eye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.